Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hey guys, I'm Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Welcome back. Woohoo! Um, so you guys know life's always been a shit show. <laughs> um, and we're tired back, of baby. What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. I was just saying that I haven't recorded in <laughs> maybe a month, I think. Katie's been yeah. recording by herself our Patreon episodes. And yeah. I have no idea how they are, so I hope y'all have been enjoying them. But I, it's like I forgot how to record. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we were actually going to be doing a uh, revisiting an old episode. <laughs> this is an episode that we were so... Okay, so you guys know, if you listen to us, that we're crazy. And we do weird things on the episodes, like we're on the phone, uh, we're rambling, we're talking about our lives. Uh, we did something so horrible to an old episode that we deleted it completely. Okay, can you remind <laughs> me what it was? Because I don't even remember why we hated the episode I don't remember, so but I just remember listening to it and then, like, cringing. And then I... <laughs> Like we texted each other, we're both were like, we're so embarrassed right now. I think we may have just been. Really <laughs> and it takes drunk. a lot. It takes a lot for me to be embarrassed. <laughs> it really guys. takes a lot to embarrass us. But then you were like, I deleted it. I was like, thank you. So if you heard the old one, I am so sorry. Um, and if you didn't, then this is new to Put you. Put it this way, it was worse than the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> so. And if you've listened to the Yorkshire Ripper and you're wondering how Hello, that's possible, mates. believe me, it was possible. It was so bad. I just now I kind of want to. <laughs> listen to the old episode because i don't really remember why we hate it so much but then i probably would throw up so i, I remember know. listening to because I, I listen when they're released i listen to them just like to go over and be anymore. like oh i said that how awkward um and then you know whatever and i remember listening to it and actually feeling like i was gonna cry because i was so embarrassed <laughs> that's like what i remember <laughs> yeah the first honestly probably the first 20 episodes i would mm-hmm. listen to them after we posted it because you know i edit them pretty quickly after we record yeah. them and then i would listen to them again just because i'd be like did we mess up do we miss something like what do i need to work on what do i need to improve on and then honestly the last 15 episodes i think i was like fuck it <laughs> <laughs> if a dog's barking in the background a dog is barking in the background like whatever i mean if She's i burp that. i'm sorry like i don't know <laughs> There was a problem with that for a while. We made a rule where we're not allowed to drink sparkling water. Yeah, I love sparkling water and I want one so bad right now. But every time I drink it, I have to burp like all the time. (laughs) You guys don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. It's too much editing, honestly. But yeah, now I don't listen to our episodes anymore. So it's funny because some of our patrons, like like Nate especially, he will always text and be like, amazing episode, ladies. Like, I loved it. And I'm just like... Good. I don't, I don't even remember what, remember what happened. 
<laughs> Glad you liked it. I don't remember if I did. But <laughs> it's like that meme I posted the other day where it's like when you hear the sound of your own voice and he's just yes. throwing up on himself. And I'm like, pretty I much. I hate it. Like, I guess such bad, like, secondhand embarrassment. But then it's myself in the past. So I'm just like, I don't know what to do about yeah. this. I'm like, I don't know that girl. I know. Yeah. I have to re-record my work voicemail. And I, I did it like 10 times because I was like, why do I sound like a child? <laughs> I started my new job a little bit over a month ago, and I still haven't recorded a voicemail because I just have been avoiding it. And so I'm not going to record one until they force <laughs> me. So <laughs> yeah, just like, I don't know why. I, I hate recording. It's funny because we have a podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I hate talking. And people are like, what? You guys talk for 40 minutes at the beginning of each episode. Like we're doing right now. <laughs> Life has been so crazy. I know we promised you guys that we were going to do the Australian serial killer, which we will do that. I have yeah. a feeling we're going to end up. I think that that should be like a special episode because I don't think there's a whole lot of information that we can find on him. So he only killed like five people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, like, it's weird. There's not a lot of information about him. Uh, it all pretty much revolves around, um, my mind just went blank on her name. The girl in the cupboard. Uh, that girl we talked about in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how many brain cells we have right now, guys. I don't even have two brain cells to rub together right now. <laughs> They're just floating off in space. But anyway, um, but we will get to that and... Um, but yeah, so this is technically episode 19, also episode 38. So, <laughs> yeah, you said it. So, yeah. in the next two weeks, too, also Katie's getting married. What up? Oh, oh. Leonard Frazier. It just came to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. how my brain works. <laughs> Katie's getting married. Oh, Leonard Frazier. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Or don't worry, guys, I'm working on my speech for the maid of honor. <laughs> It's just an episode. Is my is the speech? <laughs> Hi guys, so Leonard I'm Fraser was born in 1968. <laughs> yeah, but um, if anyone does have information on Leonard Fraser, maybe send it to us because I feel like I was pretty tapped scouring the internet, and I know it exists. Yeah, and it was enough for like a very short episode, almost like a like a single shot episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. More. So yeah, but yeah. Anyways, we are super busy. Like I said, Katie got a new job. I am taking on, I just got promoted, so it's kind of crazy. I'm at work right now. And then Katie's getting married. And then we had birthday celebrations that I felt like lasted forever. And yeah, just been crazy. But we're going to get back into it, guys. We're going to. Yeah. We are undefeated. (laughs) After I get married, I'm hoping some things go back to normal. (laughs) We'll see. Um, But. Yes. So Tabitha may be doing some episodes by herself in a couple of weeks. Um, Me and the cats. Yeah. (laughs) Because I will be running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So anyway, (laughs) but for tonight, let's get into uh, Carrie Shitstainer. Uh, I mean, Carrie Stainer, um, a serial killer and brother of well-known... Shitstainer is so gross. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I, I just feel like phone. someone like what is it called when you like oh sharded like sharded in your pants or something like that. Jeez. What up, Skidmark? 
<laughs> you so guys gross. already know we have the sense of humor so of like ten year old boys. So I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> exactly. You know what's really gross? <laughs> what? Sorry. Also, my dad's a plumber, so <laughs> you ever wonder where that sense of humor comes from? But one time I was at Goodwill and they literally had underwear for sale there, and I was like, "This is disgusting." And I, I don't understand not. that. There was some. There was some yeah. stained underwear for sale, and I was like, "Bro, I, okay, people who are donating give it your for clothing. free at this point." <laughs> <laughs> I would rather not wear underwear than buy my underwear at Goodwill, and call me privileged. But <laughs> I would rather make my underwear out of a Goodwill shirt than wear Goodwill underwear. I would rather make my underwear out of a Goodwill plastic bag. (laughs) (laughs) A used Goodwill plastic bag. Seriously, it's been blowing on a highway for three days. Like, I... mm -mm. (laughs) Disgusting. Anyways, sorry I got way sidetracked there. (laughs) I know, I don't even remember what I was saying. Did you miss us, guys? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're like, all right, next episode. No, we, we just made Carrie Stainer's episode also <laughs> terrible. Time to restart again. <laughs> this may disappear. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah, so Carrie Stainer, he's a serial killer. He's a brother of a well-known kidnap victim, which we'll talk a little bit about. Um, but we got to get that drink ready. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. yeah. So maybe if you are a longtime fan, you have, you might remember this drink. It's called the Yosemite Chiller, which, fun fact, I went to Yosemite for my birthday, and it was freaking beautiful and gorgeous, and I did slightly think about the serial killer, but uh, (laughs) as I would, of course, on my birthday, thinking about it. But yeah, it was super beautiful. So in a shaker, you're going to take one teaspoon of honey and a half ounce of lemon juice and one ounce of creme de valette and one and a half ounce of your favorite vodka. And you're going to add a scoop of ice and shake. And then in a old-fashioned glass, gently press the blueberries and basil, add ice, strain the shaker into the old-fashioned glass, and top with sparkling water. Or, if you're extra fancy, you can top with Prosecco. Damn, does this drink have a lot of ingredients. (laughs) Back in our youth, when we were so full of... dreams (laughs) dreams <laughs> back when my liver was wither <laughs> liver was still functioning your liver has withered okay Little. cheers though it's actually pretty pretty refreshing mm-hmm pretty pretty and fizzy and i'm sorry pretty if good. i burp because i did use sparkling water in it <laughs> but anyways you can check out this recipe i will repost this artwork that i designed mm-hmm. a year ago Onto our Instagram at Crimes and Cocktails, or you can check out our Patreon.com, Crimes and Cocktails. And we're also really asking that you guys could take a moment, please, and rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So far, we have five stars on Spotify, and that's really exciting. So keep it up, guys. And you can listen to us on anywhere because you're already listening to us. So why would I tell you that where you can listen to us? (laughs) You can listen to us on where you're listening to us right now. Maybe I should be drinking coffee and not alcohol. (laughs) I'm drinking coffee and it doesn't help right now. (laughs) I got my drinky in one hand and my coffee in the other. Oh my gosh. All right. Let's get into (laughs) Carrie Stainer. All righty. So Carrie Stainer was born on August 13th, 1961 in Merced, California to parents Kay and Dilbert Stainer. 
It makes me think of the comic strip. I know, me too. I just imagine this bald little head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Merced, for you guys who don't know, is in the Central Valley area of California. It's about two hours directly east of where I'm at in Sacramento. Um, The Central Valley is very flat. Um, It's the farmland kind of area of California. It gets very hot and dry in the summer, cold in the winter. I think it's actually east from where I'm at. Yes. Not from where you're at. Yes. <laughs> we we can do geography. <laughs> yes. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I totally interrupted. <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, been a while. Where am I? Central Valley is flat. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um. Anyway, very small town feel. It's known as the gateway to Yosemite. Um, Yosemite. Somebody. I know. I always got to fight the urge to say Yosemite. Jeez. <laughs> Yosemite. Um, and it sits close to the mountain range. It's about an hour and a half away from the national park itself. Um, but anyway, so in 19- so windy. Jeez. I know. <laughs> that was one I'm thing when I went there. there. Um, it's Yosemite. It took me like three hours exactly to get to Yosemite from here. But an hour of that was literally just because it was a super windy road and my headlight quite often decided too. to go out so i only had one headlight and it was like pitch black one nothingness headlight. yep it's kind of scary <laughs> i could have been killed oh God. he all comes back I <laughs> <hear. my> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, in 1972, when Carrie was 11 years old, his younger brother, seven-year-old Stephen, was kidnapped by a pedophile named Kenneth Parnell. Um, during this time, the Stainer family was obviously very preoccupied with Stephen's disappearance. Um, and in later interviews, Carrie said that he felt neglected and abandoned by his parents because the focus was on Stephen. Um, my mom's focus was always on my older brother, Brian. So I know what happened there, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Watch your back. (laughs) Um, Carrie and his three sisters said that while their parents were on a road trip to bring awareness about Stephen's kidnapping, um, that they were pretty much on their own. And then they wouldn't watch the news because their mother would break down whenever Stephen's name was mentioned. So the children felt like they weren't able to actually talk about their emotions on the subject or just emotions in general because their parents were obviously already so upset all the time about their brother's disappearance that they didn't want to upset them even more. And I feel like that's pretty common when things, tragedy happens in a family. Yeah. My dad's sister, she died when she was 33. So Mm -hmm. pretty young. Mm -hmm. Um, And my grandma has literally built like a shrine in her house to her. And it's like, on one hand, it's like, it's sweet, you know, I want to remember our aunt and stuff like that. But on the other hand, it's like, oh my gosh, like, it's been 30 years, yeah. you know, since she passed or whatever. And it's just kind of, it's like something that's so sensitive and emotional that people don't even, like, talk about it in her family. So I always kind of wondered, like, how did you deal with that dad, you know, and stuff? So yeah, I feel like it's probably something that's so sensitive and emotional because it's always in the forefront of everybody's minds mm-hmm. because she has this kind of shrine to yeah to your aunt. Yeah. So yeah. while this was happening, um, Carrie was being molested by one of his uncle and his father, Dilbert Stainer, had also been accused of molesting his daughters. So not sure if that actually happened, but 
I don't know. I I don't uh, take those lightly. So from a young age, Carrie began pulling out his hair to cope. And he said from the age of seven that even before his brother's disappearance, he fantasized about murdering women. When I was seven, I was watching like... (laughs) I was like, uh... (laughs) Where is this going? (laughs) We might have to (laughs) re-record. When I was seven... I was collecting bird bones. <laughs> That's right. When I was seven, I was, uh, I don't know what I was doing. I was playing outside doing something. So, I don't know. Uh, so, even before his brother's disappearance, he would fantasize about murdering women, which is pretty extreme for a seven-year-old to be yeah. thinking about that. I feel like, I feel like he was definitely molested by his uncle, but I feel like he must have also witnessed something at some point. So... Yeah, you would think, like, how does a seven-year-old come up with that? Like, I have no idea. Unless like, it's something, like, because you would think that his anger would maybe be towards, like, his brother in a way, right? If his brother's getting all this attention yeah. for being dis- for gone, but he's taking his anger out on women. So I don't know exactly what that is about. Yeah. Um, he was always made fun of for wearing a hat that he used to wear to cover his bald patches. <laughs> yep. And uh, this is also weird that this is in the same sentence of being seven-year-old. I'm sure he was much older, but he was uh, having trouble getting and keeping an erection. I'm going to assume he was older. <laughs> this is when he was in high school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, eh. Man, he's hella old for a seven-year-old. <laughs> he's lived now. Uh, So this caused his violent fantasies about harming women to grow and turn into sexual violent fantasies. So I feel actually maybe he was taking out his anger on women because he was, we're going to get deep real quick, (laughs) because he was being molested by an uncle. He probably had like physical reactions that he was unable to help. Mm. And so then he kind of probably had that feeling of like, maybe i'm gay or no i'm not gay and so then he took it out on yeah like women. to have some dominance over women or yeah. feel like a man about himself or something like yeah. that yeah honestly everyone that every serial killer has their fucked up reasons and they're all fucked up and it's yeah just, basically it's, there is no reason other than that they're fucked up they're fucked up and they're fucked in the head but yes so when Carrie was 18, Stephen actually escaped his abductor, which is incredible that he was still alive for so long because, as you know, most child abductions, they do not, they do not keep them. No. So uh, Stephen actually escaped his abductor and the attention was back on him. So he was returned to his family. He escaped, came back, and the news reporters were just, you know, interviewing every member of the family, like surrounding the house. They were on talk shows, books were written, documentary was even made about Stephen's escape and how he also saved a younger boy too. So this pedophile was a serial pedophile that was kidnapping boys and keeping them and grooming them. In 1989, Stephen, however, which is, this is so sad after pretty much his entire life was taken away from him, he was killed at the age of 24 in a motorcycle accident. So. Yeah, he was married at the time as well. So he had like already started to move on from his life and then this happened, which is just so freaking terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. Gosh. So 
At this time, Carrie had just retreated pretty much completely within himself, and he was living in the mountains near Yosemite with his uncle Jesse, called Jerry Stainer. This was actually the same uncle who had molested him as a child. Um, in Talk 19- about facing your fears. Jeez. Right. God. Could not. Oh, in 1990, Jesse was found shot to death in the home that they shared. Um, He had been killed with his own gun, and police questioned Carrie, but nothing actually ever came of it, and police figured that he had been killed by a robber. Um, His death actually still remains unsolved. Um, I feel like it was Carrie. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Uh, I also feel like that one was justified, so... Um, (laughs) but you didn't hear it from us (laughs) i said what i said though so in 1997 carrie was hired at the cedar lodge motel in el portel motel in el portel (laughs) california uh, which is located by yosemite national park like everything in the story Um, and while he worked at the motel his co-workers knew him to be pretty quiet um, he would sit by himself pretty um, often at the motel bar after work, drinking rum and coke. Um, but obviously nobody was suspecting him of a murderer. They're just like, yeah, it's just a weird, quiet co-worker. And he kind of just keeps to himself all the time. Gosh, could you imagine if like one of our bar top regulars was a murderer? Oh, I have my That's suspicions crazy. about some. <laughs> oh my gosh. For sure. There's a couple of them that I think were maybe a little bit sketchy as far as like their interactions with women, but I don't know. I there was this one guy. (laughs) Oh man, I uh, I won't say his name or anything like that. But he would come (laughs) in and he was like probably around my age, and he would not make any eye contact when he would talk, and then he would be pretty quiet and then randomly just say the most strangest things ever, and he was like in a business suit um all the time because he worked somewhere like for the um since i live in the capital of california he probably worked somewhere in the capital and um he was just the strangest dude and every single time he came in i got like major bad vibes from him and like i did not like when it was just me alone in the bar and if he was in there because he was just very strange and i think he probably killed somebody at some point no proof obviously um but i don't need proof (laughs) But uh, I don't need guilty proof, until though. proven innocent. <laughs> they give you like Patrick Bateman vibes or something. Kind of like that. Yeah, it was just he was very very strange. Interesting. Um, or William Defoe vibes. He. What was that? I said or William Defoe vibes. Oh, God. <laughs> you know I'm somewhat of a scientist. <laughs> you know I'm somewhat of a serial killer myself. Oh, God. Gosh. <laughs> That should be a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. It's just him with his crazy eyes. Oh my gosh, I love him. Me All too. right, so let's get into the murders. So on February 15th, 1999, 42-year-old Carol Sund, her daughter, 15-year-old Julie Sund, and their 16-year-old Argentinian exchange student, Sylvania Palazzo, all went missing from their hotel, which, of course, was the Cedar Lodge Motel. I don't know why I could not say that. Cedar. I could never talk, so. Cedar Lodge Motel. <laughs> uh, when they didn't show up at the San Francisco airport to meet Carol's husband, Jens, he assumed that maybe they had flown on to Arizona without him. Uh, and you got to remember, this is also like cell phones really weren't a thing so it's not an easy like text or call or anything like that i mean they were a thing but not a thing like not everyone had one 
Um, so after he was unable to get con into con, uh, <laughs> sorry, jeez, guys, delete, no, rusty, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> delete this whole episode. That's it. Uh, after he was unable to contact her again the next day, he called the police. So the police contacted the car rental company that Carol had been using and found out she never returned the car. Not a good sign. Mm-mm. So when they searched at the hotel, the staff told them that checkout had been done in advance and the keys were left on the desk in the room. And staff said that when they cleaned the room, they didn't see any evidence of violence. Police questioned Carrie along with other employees at the hotel, but they didn't suspect him because he didn't have a criminal record and he appeared to be clean cut, as they say. So... Police and staff of the Yosemite searched the area, thinking the woman may have been lost, but four weeks later, they were sure that they had been victims of a crime, which was solidified when Carol's wallet filled with cash and all her cards was found in Modesto. They questioned anybody and everybody they could in the area, but nothing checked out. Unfortunately, on March 18th, so about a month later, Carol and Sylvania were found in the trunk of their burned rental car in a remote area several hours away from the hotel. On March 25th, Julie's body was found about an hour away and her throat had been cut. March 25th is my rehearsal dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bring that up. (laughs) Uh, Work it into your speech. All right. So Carrie had come into the woman's room saying that he was there to fix a water leak. Once inside, he bound and gagged all three women and then took Carol into the bathroom where he strangled her to death in the tub before moving her body to the trunk of the car. He then raped both teenagers and tried to get them to perform sexual acts on each other. When they wouldn't, Carrie got mad and took Sylvania into the bathroom where he strangled her. He put her body in the trunk with Carol and then assaulted Julie again. He took Julie with him and kept her overnight in the woods where he continued to torture her and then slit her throat. Um, He left her hidden under some bushes after taking the rental car and leaving it in the woods. He said that Julie had told him her name was Sarah and he had told her that he loved her before he killed her. Um, Just a sick six down of the pitch oh god uh he then returned to the hotel room and cleaned up any evidence later during the trial when he was asked how he knew to clean everything so thoroughly he said i watched the discovery channel which doesn't bode well for us (laughs) everybody (laughs) listening (laughs) like that meme you posted i was like oh my god to like this or not will not be used in evidence so i'm just kidding uh (laughs) two days later he returned to the car and took carol's wallet before burning the car and scratched we have sarah on the hood um with a knife and then he dropped the wallet in a random area of modesto to confuse authorities so fucking crazy yeah yeah I mean, we're obsessed with true crime. Don't get us wrong. And I know you are too if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, and we joke about like, like, what was the meme you posted? It was something like, my girlfriend's been listening to all these true crime podcasts. Now she knows so much because bodies don't float if you don't puncture the lungs or whatever. Yeah. It's also just like, I don't know. There, I feel like there's healthy obsession and there's not. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, whoops. That was my phone. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It wasn't a body. 
I know. Boom. Oh, get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that is her. Oh, just so horrific. Oh my gosh. And to think about what these poor women went through. You know, they're out there having this wonderful time, enjoying nature, and just the beauty of Yosemite. Then to have to go through this, and it's just disgusting. So disgusting. I realize that we're talking about this on International Women's Day. Um, oh wow! So we're recording this. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that Me either. I just felt like I had to point it out. <laughs> Happy International Women's Day! Yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday, but you will hear this on Thursday. So yes. Anyways, okay. <laughs> so after this murder, the FBI put together a task force to specifically look into local ex-convicts and sex offenders with prior violent crimes, which makes sense because this is a really violent crime. Like, Yeah, no, this is horrific. I mean, this isn't... Most crimes are not like this. I mean, most serial killers don't start out like this. No. Um, it's usually someone they know. It's something more intimate. There's a lot of fuck-ups and stuff like that. But this is, like, three women that he didn't know. And then he managed to clean, immaculately clean their hotel room like nothing had happened there. And just... And then continues to work. <laughs> and continues to work. And probably did on the clock. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah. he... Uh, so, yeah. This this is crazy that this just kind of blew up for him. I don't know. So it, it makes sense that they would look into people with violent crimes because they're like, this is fucking violent. Like, this has to be someone who's done something like this before. They knew it had to be a local person, though, because where the car was found. So um, I have this excerpt here from that week's edition of Newsweek. The FBI believes that the killer knows the area of abandoned gold mines well enough to hide a car off a spur road where locals dump old refrigerators, cars, and washing machines and well enough to know that the smell of a burning car would likely not attract attention because the air often reeks from people burning their garbage. Unsettled locals are starting to whisper about possible murders in their midst. Which is also makes it so much worse that he just disposed of their bodies at like a trash dump site, basically. Mm -hmm. And also, why are these people fucking dumping their trash in our national forest? Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, also that, like, you're the problem. Yeah. People not the killing. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but no. so they know it's someone local. Now, Yosemite, I had not been there in so long. And then when I went there for my birthday, I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, this place is huge. Like, yeah, no, it's massive. I forgot how massive it is. And literally, there's so many little side roads and hiking trails. And it is, you could get lost in People there for go sure. People missing all the time. Basically. I know. And I it's terrifying. Listening. But I must still go because it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. But um, yeah, no, I started listening to that National Parks uh, podcast and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why I don't hike alone, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's too scary. But yeah, so it's it, either going to get a murder or a Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be OK uh, going out with a Sasquatch. <laughs> death by Sasquatch. All right. Sasquashed. All right. Oh, <laughs> July 21st, 1999, Yosemite Institute naturalist Joey Ruth Armstrong was murdered near her cabin in Foresta, a small town right outside of Yosemite National Park. 
She was supposed to spend the weekend with some friends in Salcedo, but never showed up. Uh, So her friends, like good friends, called the police to check in on her. When police and park rangers showed up, they saw her white pickup truck in the driveway packed with all of her luggage for the trip. Uh, They began to look around and saw evidence of a chase into the woods. So Dr. Desmond Kidd, Joey's co-worker and then a doctor working for Yosemite, saw a key ring shining in the sun and moved closer to investigate. Um, And when he did, he saw down in a ditch um, the decapitated body of Joey, and then her head was found nearby. Uh, Park employees said that he had seen a 1979 blue and white International Scout um, SUV parked at Joey's cabin the night of her murder. I noticed that I think I actually wrote SVU. You did, and I almost (laughs) said it, and then I was like, SUV, SUV. Dun, dun. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, Mariska. Um... Oh, park rangers found it um, parked by Merced River Canyon. And when um, police questioned Carrie, he said that he was a handyman at the motel, but they didn't have enough to take him in at that time. They confiscated his backpack to search it and searched his car. Um, and they told him not to leave the area until they were done investigating. Which is crazy to me that... They interviewed him, obviously, in a bulk of employees the first time, but then they interview him a second time when another murder happens. It's like... Right? And literally, this is the third time they've questioned him, because they questioned him about his uncle, too. So Oh, that's true. Okay, like, guys. Dude, please, if your name keeps popping up, like, nobody is that unlucky that they're involved with this many people no. who have died. Like, come on. No. Hence why Scott Peterson is guilty. <laughs> Preach it, sister. <laughs> So later, Carrie said that he had struck up a conversation with Joey about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, like the little segue there, I guess, huh? Yeah. And that how that originally, and that's originally how he made contact with her. So I don't know. He's probably, hey, you heard about Sasquatches? Because that's (laughs) a great conversation starter (laughs) with everyone in Yosemite, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And he was going up the road to look for Bigfoot and she was outside. So he stopped to talk to her. And then once he realized she was alone, he attacked, which to me is just crazy because it, it was just an opportunity. It wasn't like he was, I don't think he was really on the prowl at this point. He just saw an opportunity and took yeah, it. Yeah. I think it was just scary. an opportunity. I honestly think it was probably the same with the three women too. He saw that they were alone and was like, mm, let me just try to get into the room. It's so freaking scary. I mean, I don't know what's scarier, honestly, but they're both scary situations. Yeah. So Carrie believed in Bigfoot, and I guess he used to talk to people all the time about the existence of it, and he was like, no, it's real. I'm obsessed. You should be obsessed. Um, I've definitely seen Bigfoot in Yosemite. He said he had notes on Bigfoot. <laughs> he had sketches at his house. And in later <laughs> interviews, he actually imitated, like, loud shrieks that he said was the noise that Bigfoot made, which I really wish I had an audio clip of that right now because that would be amazing and i wonder if he ever went to the bigfoot museum in santa cruz probably y'all should check it out it's not a museum it's literally someone's house yeah but, it's like uh, a garage. <laughs> <laughs> google maps says it's a museum so when I you was, show up to a house it's supposed to be a museum <laughs> i was also reading that when police found like the sketches of bigfoot inside of his um like his house it was just like bigfoot like in a swimsuit like on the wall what the hell i'm just kidding i was like (laughs) i did not read this (laughs) 
so we just pin up Bigfoot. So weird. It's like that Chewbacca poster I used to have for a long time where he's like, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't him in a swimsuit. Well, he was wearing board shorts and like a yeah. lay and he was holding a surfboard. And not a string bikini, funny. though. Not a string bikini. <laughs> yes. So weird. Oh, police were able to match the tire tracks from Carrie's car to the tracks found at Joey's cabin and searched his apartment, finding evidence that they, um, that linked him to Joey's murder and suspected him of the earlier triple murder. When they went to arrest Carrie, they found out that he had fled and began searching for him. <laughs> Obviously, Gosh. you tell him, don't leave the area. The first thing he's going to do is leave. Bye. Yeah, deuces. So Carrie had run to Sacramento County and was staying at Laguna del Sol, which was a nudist colony in the area. When the FBI announced on TV that they were looking for Carrie, the manager at Laguna del Sol recognized him. He's like, hey, that's that guy who can't get an erection. Um, oh he God. was like, cool. <laughs> and then reported him. Um, then on Friday, July 23rd, 1999, the FBI came and arrested him. And on the way back to El Portel, he began to confess in the car that he had killed Joey. Gosh. Yeah. Um. So at least we are told that yeah. the Monday after being arrested, after the FBI had him all weekend, he was interviewed by Yahoo KNTV. And in that interview, Stainer said that he had fantasized about killing women for the last 30 years. So like we said, he's been fantasizing about it since he was yeah. seven. And he described in detail how he murdered Carol's son, her daughter Julie, and visited and the visiting Argentine student Peloso. And Stainer said he must have gotten away with the earlier with crimes, but he could not resist the urge to kill Armstrong after he struck up a chance conversation with her. So like we said, it was just total chance. Like I guess in his mind he was like, Okay, I just did like one and done or three and done and I'll just chill. But then he just saw an opportunity and was like, hmm. Which is terrifying because who knows how many more times he would have done that if he hadn't been caught. And concluding the interview, he addressed the victim's families and said, I'm sorry their loved ones were uh, where they were when they were. Like, like somehow it's their fault, right? Right. Sorry they had to be there. <laughs> sorry that they were there having a great time in Yosemite and I decided to kill them. Yeah. But they were there, so, you know. <laughs> um, he said, I wish I could have controlled myself and not done what I did. Yeah, we do too, dude. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> After his arrest, Carrie confessed to fantasizing about murdering women ever since he was seven years old, like we said. And um, he admitted to he admitted to targeting other women first but they all had men with them and he also i guess thought about murdering his girlfriend which he had a girlfriend oddly yeah. enough so yeah. fucking so crazy. she's very lucky that she's she got very lucky <laughs> uh shortly after being arrested stainer tried to fight the fbi on obtaining hair blood fingerprint samples etc um, but, of course, he lost, and then his DNA was directly linked to the woman in August of 1999. At trial, at first, he tried to plead not guilty by reason of insanity, using his brother's kidnapping as um, a trauma, um, and then also citing his family history of mental illness, sexual abuse, and his um, and uh, how he had been, you know, molested. So... At one point, he even asked for child pornography in exchange for his confession. Um, cops what were obviously, the? Okay. Like, uh, yeah. No, we said jelly donuts, dude. Not <laughs> pornography. What the hell? Right. 
So um, he was found to be sane, though, and then was convicted of four counts of first-degree murder in 2001. Um, and then in 2002, he was sentenced to death row. So he's still there today. Um, he's 59, 60 years old. He's at San Quentin Penitentiary in California, um, which is over in like Sonoma County area. Um, and then during one of his interviews, he asked, um, <laughs> he asked, he had the nerve to ask if they were going to the make audacity. a movie. Yeah. The audacity to ask if they were going to make a movie about him. So I think he was very jealous of all the attention his brother got. Um, and since his brother had a movie made after him, he wanted a movie made for him. So, um, yeah. And then, oh, fun fact. Um, speaking of Scott Peterson, um, Carrie was one of the inmates at San Quentin on death row along with scott peterson um who was accused of the um unemployment fraud during covid um so, uh yeah besides just being awful murdering sicko fuckheads they also are just uh trying to pull the wool over the employment office what do you do with that money honestly i mean they uh, buy toilet paper, cigarettes, ramen noodles. <laughs> it's true. It's true, I guess. I I um, admit I do not know as much as I should know about, like, the prison. I something I definitely want to, like, start doing more research into and everything like that. But the money thing is so weird to me, like, in prison, how it works. And, like, uh, I know yeah. my friend's brother's in prison and they'll like send him money mm -hmm. and I'm just like, this is so bizarre. Well, they have like a commissary type thing so they can buy like more food because like you have the prison obviously feeds them. Right. Um, and, but it's not anything great. I mean, what they have offered isn't great either. So if they want any like sort cool. of like uh, snacks, like if they want a bag of chips or something like that, they have to buy that. Um, if they want any sort of entertainment, I think they have to buy that. So that's why. Um, yeah. but it's all weird, but yeah, uh, it's just like, okay. So they went on unemployment fraud so that they can do more of that. And how do they even fill it out? <laughs> right. I'm like, like, they, they, they free internet. was like calling me <laughs> on a weekly basis saying, are you actually looking job, for a job? job? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying. So, <laughs> like, but then them, like, they were able to get on every single week. Hmm. Oh, fuck no. So that is the story of the many crimes, horrible, heinous crimes of Carrie Stainer. Yeah. Yosemite killer, whatever. What a, one of the Yosemite killers, I should say. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough, one of our listeners actually grew up uh with carrie stainer so maybe he will be a guest someday and talk yeah. to us a little bit about what it was like to see carrie stainer as a kid yeah and, and our sources for all of this uh is abc 2020 great show if you ever mm -hmm. want to binge uh murderpedia fbi uh, the book fbi criminal pursuit called trail of i'm sorry not book my goodness. We don't read. Uh, FBI criminal pursuit trail of... I keep wanting to say trail of tears, but it's trail of terror. And I'm like... <laughs> Very different. I'm sorry. But it's on the investigation discovery. Strangeoutdoors.com. 
History.com, SFGate.com, LA Times, and the San Francisco Examiner. Mm-hmm. Boom. Sources. And I'll put that in our little link on the show notes so that you can click on it if you want to. But Yes. And look at more. So I don't know if this episode was worse or better than the original version. Well, I think version. the first one we did, I was on the phone because our mics weren't working. So. You know, that has happened so many times. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> just because it's not on that, I would say it's better. Good <laughs> uh, But I'm not going to listen to it, so I won't get the second embarrassment. I don't think it exists anywhere, to be honest. I think it's been burned off the internet. <laughs> I hope so. God, that never really so. happened. So just so you guys know, nothing ever really goes away. So no. So all you, you kids out there, all you kids out there, keep your nose clean. On TikTok, <laughs> it's there forever. <laughs> it's there forever. Yes. Well, guys, thank you for joining us for uh, this revisit of episode an old not, case. Nineteen slash thirty-eight. Episode nineteen slash episode thirty-eight. I don't know what we will call it. Um. But yeah, we are definitely going to record next week. Uh, so we'll get one more episode out before the big wedding day. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then we will, I'll probably do a few solo single shots uh, for you patrons. I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes don't really uh, flow the same, you know. And then uh, after the wedding, we will get back into the flow of things and be back on track and make more episodes because <laughs> there's hell of crime still out there so <laughs> yeah unfortunately we got a lot of source material and new source material <laughs> every day so. every day every day yeah all right y'all well keep it cool and uh <laughs> i don't even know how to say goodbye anymore it's been so long <laughs> goodbye goodbye <laughs> <laughs>